Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zenashe. I am your conduit, your coach, and your catalyst to that better life. A conduit provides a connection, a catalyst sparks change, and a coach draws out hidden potential. So today our topic is pay and dues. It's called counting the cost. You know, when I remember when I was probably about 15, I used to go to church, and I remember there was a scripture about if you're going to follow me, you got to count the cost. You got to take up your cross, you know, and be willing to sacrifice to follow me. Well, I have left the church, but that concept is still alive and well. No matter what different arena of life, you know, um, when I posted the intro to this podcast, whether it's family, whether it's job, whether it's your own health and diet, whether it's your goals, there is a cost. And sometimes people don't get to where they need to get because they're not willing to pay that cost. They think everything's supposed to be easy. And uh, I brought somebody on to talk about it. He is a friend that I met during COVID. So I do have COVID to thank for some things. You know, you run into all kinds of different people sometimes when you online more than you used to be, you know. And we just kind of hit it off and we had some really amazing conversations about everything up under the sun. And so I wanted to introduce RJ Gray. So I say hi to the people. Hello. So we're going to talk about this topic. You know, he's going to bring his experience. I always believe that different perspectives, you know, yield so many different um, insights and, and you never know what you're going to hear. So this is all conversational. It's not scripted. We're just here to talk about this topic and just give you our life experiences on this topic. And I think it's really important because one of the major criticisms that a lot of people have of the younger generation is they are so entitled. <laughs> they think everything's supposed to be handed to them on a silver platter, you know, and and the older generation seems to feel like we we were willing to pay our dues. We were willing to, you know, count that cost. And, and so we'll talk about that a little bit. And then people talk about marriage, you know, do marriages end because people aren't really willing to pay the cost, you know, to stay married? Are they not willing to make the sacrifices? Are they just looking for, you know, the good times and when things get hard, they just bail, you know? So this topic comes up again and again in all kind of different um, arenas. If you're an entrepreneur, maybe you have employees and you're like, they just don't seem to want to do any work. They seem to feel like they should start out as, you know, the boss. And they don't even want to start out anywhere. They don't want to pay any dues. They don't want to work their way up. You know, so I think it's a really powerful topic, especially since I created, you know, a goal setting or a personal development package. Um, I never want anybody to think that I'm trying to make it seem like it's easy to change. It's doable. But there is a cost, changing cost. The first cost is moving out of your comfort zone. That's the very first cost. Another cost is being true to yourself, being honest with yourself, because a lot of times we want to be in denial. You know, so, so RJ, when you went on my little podcast guest form and you saw counting the cost, what was like the first thing that came to your mind? Why did you, why were you drawn to that? Mm. See, um, many reasons, but the primary reason that sticks out in my head is 
it was a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And that quote always reminds me that if you don't put forth the effort, the effort first and you don't think about what you're doing or what you're going into or what you're getting ready to try and do, do the research, and then be willing to do all the things it takes to get to that point, um, then your house is going to sink in the sand. So that it just stuck out to me that way. Plus the whole concept of just paying dues is me being a veteran is, uh, it, it kind of speaks to everything we go through in order to become whatever it is Uncle Sam wants us to be. So. I like that quote. I, I, I definitely think that that is the perfect quote because, <laughs> you know, there are people who feel like they should be able to, to just put this house up, mm -hmm. but they don't lay any foundation. Mm -hmm. And and that's not, we're not just talking about literal houses. We're talking about whether it's a relationship or whether it's a business or even, you know, in your family relationships, you know, you have to have a foundation. You know, you have to have something that you've invested. You know, I remember um, I met this guy years ago and, um, and we were talking and he was really patient with me because I was actually coming out of a divorce. And I was like, why are you so patient? And he's like, I realize that I have to invest in you. I can't expect to make a withdrawal from mm. our interaction mm. if I have never invested anything into you. Because when I invest, then I've got something to go back to and withdraw. But if I'm not willing to put any investment in, then I really shouldn't expect any withdrawals. And I had never met, I had met a lot of people in my life who expected, you know, I'm cute, I'm handsome, I'm, I, I got money, I got status, so you're just supposed to give me, you know, mm -hmm. just because. And yeah. I was always running against that. This was the first person that I had ever met that was like, no, I feel like I have to invest in what we have, the, the, the foundation of what we have, mm -hmm. so that you trust me enough to open up, so that you trust me enough to, you know, to want to develop something with me. And that was a really novel idea to me. I was like, wow, that is a beautiful thing. He's looking at this relationship as like a bank. Mm -hmm. And if I don't invest in it and I am continually demanding, I'm going to end up NSF. Mm-hmm. That check's going to bounce. Mm. And that person's going to be probably bouncing along with the check, you know, because mm. they're going to be like, they're always taken. They're always taken. You know, so he had, in a sense, counted the cost of wanting to be close to someone. Mm. And that cost was being patient. That cost was listening. That cost was spending quality time. Mm. You know, that cost was maybe even going on a date or two, whatever. You know, he had he wasn't even worried about that cost because he saw it as an investment. I'm so using that, just so you know. <laughs> How are you going to use that? You going to tell somebody you haven't invested in me so you can't expect any withdrawals? <laughs> so something similar to that, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I don't know really anything about the military. I remember when my kids were growing up, for a minute, like a little tiny minute, they both <laughs> thought about the military, but they didn't really have the temperament to be taking a lot of orders. Yeah. So that wasn't really even an option for them to go into, but I do have a lot of 
respect for people that go into the military. So when you said that that the idea of paying dues or mm-hmm. counting the cost kind of really brought up the military to you. Can you, for people who are not, (laughs) we are not in the military. We don't know what it's like. Would you kind of explain to us what that counting the cost is like for a person like the new recruit coming in, you know, the process that they're going through, all of that? Um, I would trace it back to um, knowing what you're getting into. Now, you'll see, you know, whatever you see on TV, you know, be all you can be or whatever they say now. Um, you'll see um, the recruiter come out and talk to you and say, oh, you can have this job and you can travel the world and, you know, they'll sell you a dream. Um, but for the most part, what I remember most is the getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, the mm. making sure the beds were aligned, the, the sheets were made up, right, 10 minutes to use a bathroom, shower and shave and then be outside ready to go the running two miles before breakfast and then another mile and a half after breakfast and then marching and then just constant grinding and it only gets worse as time goes on but in a sense you get used to it so it actually gets easier as time goes on and that first night first couple of nights actually you're sitting there like what in the world did I get myself into like every, no matter no matter what your motivation was for, for coming in, everybody has the same thought. And what usually happens is around about the second week, third week, you start finding your groove, and then you get into it. And that's just the first. That's just basic training. That's just the first few weeks. The real test comes after that, and all the things you have to do to stay in. And Sometimes when I think about counting costs as far as being in the military, it comes from um, knowing what you're getting into it for. Um, If you're getting into it because you're having issues at home and you want a better life, do that. But set your price before you go in. There are things they're going to ask you to do that you may or may not be willing to do. Know what those are before you go in. Because I've seen a lot of people come in and they want to keep going, but there's certain things they're not wanting to deal with or put up with. Attitudes change, military constantly changes, rules change. Um, you're in a situation where sometimes, like say for instance, you're on your stateside. So you're at home, you're dealing with the regular humdrum, go to work, dealing with day-to-day stuff, and then all of a sudden, uh, hey, pack your bags, time to go over here. And then you go over there, and it's totally different. Mm. Your lifestyle, the things that you've trained and learned that you might have forgotten about, they'll remind you once you get there. You know, And taking account of what it takes to do that job. Like my job was, um, I was an orthopedic surgical tech. So I'm the guy right beside the surgeon as he's operating on somebody. Well, over there, we see everything. And in order to go over there and come back sane, which not a lot of people do, um, but in order to do that, you have to be willing to kind of immerse yourself in what's going on and let go of, like, you can't be dealing with that over there and then thinking about um, Susie back at home didn't take all the money. Mm. Like that's that's something um, 
the other thing is just the the lifestyle of living over there, the different things you have to deal with, things that you see. Um, all of that plays a part in it. And if you sign the paper to go in, just know that you could be expected to do that. And so that's another thing as far as cost, as far as things you're willing to put on the line. So before you go in, set your price. And if you just want to do four and then be done, do four and then be done. But if you think there's a possibility you want to keep going, do that as well. Just know that the longer you stay, the, I won't say the worse it might get, but the harder it might get. And that, to me, that's kind of a a synopsis of life. You know, mm. you, you, if I look back at when I was a teenager, yeah, I would love to be there right about now. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have a care in the world. But again, that comes with knowing where you're going. Well, I think you gave us a great picture of counting the cost and setting your price and deciding what you're willing to to deal with. And even the time that you're willing to commit, you know, um, I think that's really good advice. And, and I think that applies to just a lot of things, not just not just the military. I, I, I remember going to college and uh, it was very easy. Freshman year was easy. Sophomore year was easy. I was on scholarship, you know. I mean, that was easy. I mean, I had to I had to work out a lot, you know. I mean, I had to because I was an athlete, so there was limited time. Um, but it was easy. It was fun. Um, it wasn't any more difficult than high school to me. And then junior year came. The scholarships ended. I had to begin to work my way through college. Hmm. Okay. Totally different situation now. Now I got to decide where this money's going to come from, from for school. And now I'm working and going to school. I'm right. not an athlete anymore. I'm working and going to school. So yeah. I'm getting up in the morning, going to class, leaving class, going to work, coming home, having to do homework, and then getting a few hours of sleep and having to do it again the next day. Mm-hmm. That was a cost that I mentally wasn't ready to pay because mm-hmm. I had one view of college and this was a totally different view of college. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have time to socialize. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time. You know, I was trying to date. Oh, that was not going well because I didn't <laughs> have time. Mm-hmm. I remember being in the library, I'm supposed to be doing some research and I'm pulling a book off the shelf and I literally fell asleep standing up wow. with my head on the books. <laughs> I was that tired. I literally fell asleep standing up. Wow. I didn't even know it was possible to fall asleep standing up. I mean, well, you know, you get tired enough, you will sleep <laughs> wherever you are. <laughs> so I was like, wow, okay, this is a whole new level of tired. And people who think, oh, you're in your 20s, you can do all of that. Maybe so, but at that particular moment when I fell asleep, I couldn't do it, you know? Just because you can do it don't mean it's to be done. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> So, you know, I remember getting to my senior year and uh, I was working at that time. I was working three jobs because my goal was to not have any debt when I graduated. Mm. I really, 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 really did not want to have any debt when I graduated. And I graduated with like $2,000 worth of debt, which was really nothing um, compared to what people are graduating with now. But I remember it was like six months away 
from graduation and I'm just looking at the finish line mm. and I just don't mm. even see any way I could mm. get there. I'm like, okay, let me just put a calendar up. Let me mm. mark off the days. Cause it was so, it was one of the hardest things that I had ever had to do, but I didn't know any way not to do it because I wanted my degree mm-hmm. and I didn't want I, I was determined not to take out any more loans. Mm-hmm. I was determined I was not going to take out any more loans. Mm-hmm. So with not having the loans, I felt like that was the only way that I could pay for it was to have these jobs that I had. It was hard. Yeah. But, but, you know, and I remember... I remember I kept telling myself it's going to be worth it. It's mm-hmm. going to be worth it. I'm going to be so proud of myself. I'm going to be so proud of myself and my parents are going to be proud and I'm going to have a career. And I just, I just was constantly psyching myself up because I wanted to quit every single day. I was, I wanted to drop out. I was so exhausted. It was just so hard. I believe that's a, some sort of natural human thing with us as far as people, because no matter where you are, um, the closer you get to the finish line, the further away it is. Because hmm. it just seems like it just takes so long. Like, the closer you get, you're right there, and it's like, eh, but you got to do one more thing, and I don't feel like it. I ain't got it. <laughs> well, another thing that made it hard, and there are people out there who may relate to this, is that um, I transferred. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a HBCU mm-hmm. my first year and a half of school, which I would not trade for anything. It was one of the best experiences of my life. I'm so I feel so privileged that I went to HBCU. But when I transferred, lo and behold, a whole bunch of my tra- my credits didn't transfer with Ooh. me. So I didn't. I ended up getting credit for some things and not other things, which Mm. was extremely frustrating Mm. because when I was going through that last six months of school, I was thinking there are people that I went to school and they already graduated, you know, and I'm still sitting here and I'm working three jobs and I should have been graduated. Now, you know, you have that frustration, but there's nothing you could do about it. I can't change the fact that they didn't accept my credits. I have to deal with it, you know, and I didn't even realize that that was going to be a possibility when I transferred. I thought everything was going to transfer. It did not. You know, um, I got credit for some things as electives. They didn't account to my degree at all, you know, so it was a mess, but blinders, <laughs> blinders, blinders. That's yeah, what, that's oh. what you need. You need some. Those are the things they put on horses mm-hmm. when they they can they can see nobody else left or right. They just gotta go that way. They don't even know how far the finish line is. They just know they gotta go that way. Yeah, that might have helped. But I, I got there. I got to the end, and I was glad that I made it. And mm-hmm. I think about that. That is one of those. You know, I tell people all the time. One of the ways that you can encourage yourself now mm-hmm. is to think back to those situations that were so hard, but you made it yep. through. Yep. You made it through. And how did you make it through? You know, you made it through by encouraging yourself, by reminding yourself of your goal, your why, as you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you made it through by thinking about what was on the other side mm-hmm. of all of that pain. You know, you made it through. And I, when I am going through stuff right now, I think back to that time in my 20s when I was working three jobs and I was going to school and I was just in so much mental, emotional, physical pain, Mm -hmm. so exhausted. But because of that, you know, I ended up getting my teaching career. I ended Mm -hmm. up, you know, it's a beautiful thing 
when you, for me, okay, mm-hmm. and I, somebody out there might be offended by this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. It's a beautiful thing when you get divorced and you can still support yourself. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing when you are a single person and you don't have to go home right. to your parents yeah. because you have the wherewithal to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's some people out there who don't have those things because they didn't pay, in a sense, the cost. Right. You know, and, and that's another thing. People think you're taking the easy way out. I think it was Les Brown. He said, if you do things the easy way, your life ends up being hard. Right, yeah. I heard But that. if you do things the, the hard, hard way, way, your life ends up being easy. easy. Yep. I and so me going to college was very difficult in that junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. It was the hard way. There were lots of people that dropped out. I knew lots of people that dropped out. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was actually engaged in college and my fiance dropped out and got pissed with me when I stayed in because he wanted me to drop out with him. So what was two dropouts going to be? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his plan was, but he was very angry with me mm. and felt like now I thought I was better than him and all that. And that's oh. a whole other thing you have to think about. Bad. When you count the cost... There may be people that are not willing to pay that cost with you, especially mm. people that started with you. Mm. It gets hard and they bail mm. and then they're mad with you because you don't. Mm. You don't hit a nerve with that one. <laughs> mm. Mm. Lord of mercy. Have you ever had that, that experience where? Um, in a sense, yes, uh, because of our rank structure and because, you know, people get promoted at different times, but it's promotion based through testing. So we don't actually do promotion based on, hey, you did a good job the other day, you get mm. a promotion. And, like, you have to physically go take a test. Um, there are people sometimes who are very good test takers, uh, but they couldn't lead their way out of a wet paper bag. So... Mm. Um, a lot of people tend to have some emotion about those people being in higher positions than them. And then there that begins to rub people the wrong way. And then there's the other thing of, oh, you in charge now. You think you can just come talk to me any kind of way. So then you have that going on. Then you have a little bit of jealousy on the other side of that too. So there's a lot of dynamics at play that tend to also go with cost because you're not taking account into if you're the one that's being jealous, you're not taking account into why you're feeling that way. And you're feeling that way because you are feeling guilty about the fact that you know you didn't do enough to get to where that person is. Or maybe you feel like you did and you feel like that person got an easy pass. When in a sense, it's not about that person, it's about you. Hmm. So you got to go back to the drawing board and do what you do. Never mind what they do. Yeah, that's true. And I think not not a lot enough, lot not a lot of people do that, or at least not enough, anyway. Well, I remember having that, what I felt was my first big heartbreak Mm -mm. in college when that relationship ended and there was so much bitterness Mm. on his part, which blew me away. I had never been in that experience before. Mm -hmm. I was unprepared. Mm -hmm. I had no concept of the fact that anyone that I had loved or been close to Mm -hmm. 
would want to cut me down because I was trying to do something good, especially something as hard as I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. It just it just blew my mind and understand, you know, how is this possible? Well, that, this person that, said they love me. You know what I'm saying? That that becomes a thing where when you take account of what's going on, especially what's going on around you, you have to begin to stabilize yourself. And mm-hmm. in order to stabilize yourself, you have to surround yourself with emotionally secure people. Mm-hmm. And if they're emotionally immature, they're not going to react positively to anything that you do that puts you above them or seemingly does that. You already know that. Mm-hmm. So that's something that not a lot of people do. Um, just whoever's around you is just whoever's around you. Like, you just, hey, that's my friend. Hey, we're good. But when you really set out to do something, is your friend going to sit there and be like, hey, yeah, you know, good job. I support you on that. Or are they going to be like, man, you know you don't know what the hell you're doing. Go sit there. So it becomes a lot of that when it comes to, like, looking at your surroundings and looking at who you are and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to get accomplished. And once you start hitting roadblocks like that, Mm. are you going to step aside and just say, all right, well, you do what you do. I got to go over here. Or are you going to sit there in the mud and bicker back and forth and possibly get nowhere? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so it's, it's amazing sometimes when we're talking about counting the cost, you don't always know ahead of time what the cost is going to be. Sometimes the costs pop up mm-hmm. and then you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Do I pay this cost or do I pay a different cost? Because there's always a cost. You know, there, were, there was a cost to dropping out. Right. There was a cost to staying enrolled. Mm-hmm. You know, both are expensive. Both are expensive. <laughs> yes, both are expensive. And, and that's another thing that sometimes they're... How can I put it? Sometimes you don't know what is the easier of the two, but you know what is the better of the two. You know what I mean? True. So so for Very me, true. of course, the better of the two was staying enrolled and mm-hmm. finishing school. And then, you know, let's go on. Let's move on with life. So mm-hmm. then comes you're an adult. Mm-hmm. You decide, OK, I want to go for this career. Mm-hmm. And there's costs sometimes. You know, you have to buy the clothes to interview. You have mm-hmm. to go through the process of interviewing. You have to keep knocking on doors until mm-hmm. somebody says yes. You know, mm-hmm. that's all of those are costs. Mm-hmm. If you want the job, you got to go through the steps to get the job. You got to write a good resume, you know. And and sometimes I've seen people, mm-hmm. man, I need to get a job. Okay, so have you have you filled out some <laughs> applications? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, that's on my agenda. Mm, look, come on now. <laughs> if you want to move forward, there are steps. A lot of times we know the steps, but we don't do the steps. And right. then we want to complain. You know, some people want to complain, right. but they're not counting the cost. They're not, they're not actually doing what needs to be done because, they're procrastinating because it's difficult, mm-hmm. because they feel inadequate, because of a lot of things. But, you know. When it comes to that, um, it's a quote that's playing in my head right now. Um, Eric Thomas, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Till then, you ain't really doing it. Yeah, I remember my dad told me, 
and this never this never left my head. He was like, you need to put on your big girl panties and, <laughs> and, and, and get up. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You need to put on your big girl panties yep. and, and get up and do something, you know? So, so uh, yeah, sometimes we have to uh, just get up and, and make ourselves do it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and keep knocking on those doors no matter how difficult it is or how frustrating or depressing or whatever it is. Well, some of that too is, is finding your motivation. You, Mm. you, in order to do something in life or go in a certain direction, you have to have a certain motivation and that motivation has to be enough to drive you to, in military terms, complete the mission. And your only goal in life should be completing the mission. Now, there's other things that may get in the way of that. There's other things that may be caveat to that. So, you know, because things happen along the way in life. You have kids, family, other relationships, business relationships, friendships, bills. All of this stuff is going to pile on top of you. But if you're going in one direction and you're moving with a purpose, all of that stuff will come along with it. But you will have the necessary resources to take care of it. And then you plan for the inevitable or plan for something that may or may not happen. That way you can kind of handle that and then keep moving. Mm. And I think a lot of us, we, me included, um, we don't do enough of that. Mm. And so that goes along with some of the stuff that we're talking about. And it sets a certain level of appreciation for where you've been in life. You know, you can turn around and look and see, like, man, I remember when I started out, I was in a one shack type of apartment and now I'm living in a five bedroom house like you can look back to that and then you know that you can keep grinding but you know if it's been 20 years and you're still on the same corner doing the same thing or in the same house and you got nothing to show for speaking of that so there were a couple of things that you brought up you know motivation Mm -hmm. you know um, and a doing what it takes to complete the mission. I remember I I had started reading, which I haven't finished. I think it was Stephen Covey's like the seven habits of effective people or something like that. And he, one of the things he said in that book was that as a family, now I had never heard of this. This was something brand new to me. Mm -hmm. He said, he feels like every family should have a mission statement and it should be posted in a prominent place in the family's you know, site, like in the kitchen or in the dining room or the family room. Wow. And he said everybody should have a role in that mission statement. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and different jobs that they're going to do in terms of making that mission happen. And I was like, wow, that is really an amazing way to look at it. Because he was like, if you, he said that, um, uh, Families, many families operate from chaos Mm -hmm. and they're very reactionary. Mm -hmm. A situation happens, you know, Johnny fails his math test, is about to flunk, you know, math and not not be able to move to the next grade. Mm -hmm. And the whole family is, Johnny, why did that? You know, and everybody's reacting to Johnny and his problem. But there wasn't a culture sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes there wasn't a culture established that Johnny was going to see that. It was his job, 
as part of the mission of mm-hmm. the family mm-hmm. for him to be a good student. Mm-hmm. And part of his role in the family's success was going to school, getting good grades. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something that was explicitly told to Johnny. And there weren't expectations laid out. You know, when you come home, the first thing you do is your homework Mm -hmm. before you play a video game, before you watch TV, before you do, you know. So because there wasn't a, a mission, in a sense, there wasn't a role set aside for him and expectations laid out, Mm -hmm. then there's just this reaction and reaction and reaction. And every time something happens, there's a reaction. And then you're just dealing with situational things, but you're not laying out a plan of how you want that child to grow up or the mission that you have for that child. You know, like, for example, he said that he wanted to create children who were productive Mm -hmm. and self-starting and that basically live lives that they could be proud of, mm-hmm. which meant he had to make them independent thinkers. Mm-hmm. And he had to make them very responsible to where they weren't always running to mom and dad mm-hmm. to clean up every mess because they weren't making any good decisions. So as part of the mission statement of him as a parent, mm-hmm. that meant that he had to give his kids chores You know, he had to have consequences for them not following through with those chores. Mm -hmm. He had to have discussions with them about when they were not maybe being honest or whatever. And all of that was tying back to them being responsible and Mm -hmm. productive and people who could go out into the world and be able to handle the, the, you know, basically the demands of life. Hello, my name is Zinashe, and I'm really excited to bring this product before you. This is Zenergize Your Life. It's a goal-setting package, and I created it because I've gone to a lot of vision board workshops, but when I left there, I felt like all I had was images, and images are great, but I felt like I needed more. I needed books that I could go to. I needed affirmations. I needed journal prompts. I needed to be able to record songs that motivated me and movies and to be able to put in pictures of role models and ancestors and many other things just to have a whole goal setting toolbox. And so I looked around and I didn't find anything like that. So they say necessity is the mother of invention. And so I created it. And so this is Energize Your Life, volume one. And it starts off in the A's. It does go with my podcast, so you can actually listen to the podcast and get even more insight about these topics. For example, like abundance, adapting, accepting, authenticity, um, alternatives, aromatherapy, and other self-care methods. And 16 different topics where you can put goals in that area, insights that you have. You're going to have several of my insights in here about those topics. And you just have a whole page on that topic. And then you have this journal that comes with it. You have a motivational wristband. You have a bookmark that you can stick wherever you are in the book because it's not meant to be worked through in one day. It's meant for you to take some time with it and really develop your goals and your your way of looking at that topic. And you also have tabs where you can tab different things that stand out to you so that you can go back to it easily for reference. And also with this, I do have a face group called get more from life so i will be posting things in that group you know songs that have inspired me in these areas books that have inspired me affirmations that i've found all kinds of different tools that you can reference as you're working through this book so you won't be by yourself you'll actually have 
um, a reference guide to go back to. You'll have some materials to go back to as you're working through this book. And there, there's also a video that's going to be coming out soon where you can actually see me work with participants who have really raved about this product and they really feel like it has given them a lot of focus and a lot of direction in these areas. And they really feel excited about what they're going to accomplish this year. And getting that excitement is, is that motivation to synergize your life, to motivate yourself to move forward, to kind of leave behind the old and transform. And I'm wearing this shirt today that has a butterfly on it. And of course, butterflies are all about transfer, transformation, all about moving out of that cocoon. But the cocoon does serve as a support system, as a way to kind of transform yourself from the inside out. And so in a sense, this is, you know, like a support system to give you all kinds of tools because on the back page, you actually have 18 action steps with a place for you to put a date when you accomplish it. You also have a pack of stickers in here where you can put stickers when you, you know, finish things because I think that's motivational. And I know that lots of people love to without you know, feeling like it was overwhelming because they had had this foundation laid for them since they were, you know, five, six, seven years old. Mm -hmm. They had grown into all of these different responsibilities. And as they grew, mm -hmm. they got more responsibilities and more responsibilities and more responsibilities. And so um, I thought that, you know, a lot of parents do that instinctively, but they have never written it down. That entire concept that you just phrased, mm. that literally is the military. <laughs> that, that that whole concept, the the position of mission statements on the walls, the giving jobs to this person and this your job is this, like that's literally what they do to us. So it's it's almost as if the same concept just sped up times ten. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, I don't know who came first, uh, the military or Stephen Covey, but one uh, of them ought to get paid. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I've never, even after I read that, I was like, I would have to sit down. You know, my kids are grown now, you know, but, you know, he was like, you know, you can do this even even later, like, you know, when you have people, like, let's say you wanted to have an adult child move back into their house or something right. like that. You could do that. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What, what, it is, is, what it is is just setting ground rules. Mm -hmm. And it goes mm -hmm. back to the whole fundamentals of setting a basis. And, and a foundation. And when you do that, then you start to build. Mm -hmm. And you can even build up a person that way. And say, for instance, um, you're building a team. Like if you're working in sales and you have a sales team, you start from the ground and hire the right people. And then you say, okay, this is how I want to do this. This is, this is, I want you doing this. I want you doing this. And then we come together at the end of the day, make sure we got this, this, and this set down, and then bam. And then we come back the next day, we start over and do it over again. And a lot of that concept was not available to a lot of our people, um, in per se, in coming up. Like, growing up, this is not stuff I was ever privy to. Um, I just knew that when my grandmother said, go in the other room, you either get up and move or there was an ashtray coming in. <laughs> so, cause and effect. I learned that early. Right, right. Um, but... In order to do that, it has to that ground rule has to already be set, and so you can do it with adults because I mean people do it every day. But it just it takes more. What's the word? Dedication, mm. more of a push, I should say. And I don't know. 
I'm sure some people still have that. Mm-hmm. I just don't know of a lot of people who have that. I got because you. I think a lot of people now are concerned with, uh, and in some cases appropriately so, but I think a lot of people are concerned with feelings and you know mm-hmm. not wanting to offend anybody and you know not stepping on the wrong toes or whatever. And sometimes the only way to I think, when did I hear that from? The only way to be comfortable is being uncomfortable or get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And that's the only way you actually grow. Yeah, yeah. Concept I've that, heard that before. Yeah, it's a concept that not a lot of people tend to gravitate to these days. That's true. It's It's... It's amazing when you read different things and you see different perspectives, you know, but he he really felt like people needed to, in a sense, count the cost. Mm -hmm. And what do you want to have at the end? And what is it going to take to get there? Mm -hmm. And then laying that foundation to get there. Live like no one else or in the future you can live like no one else. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's true, too. And then, so now we've been, we're talking about family now. So, you mm-hmm. know, we were talking about first school and then we talked a little bit about college. We mm-hmm. talked about the military. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about family. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I got to bring this up. I told you I was going to bring this up, mm-hmm. you know, marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm divorced twice. Mm-hmm. You're divorced, you know. So, I read a statistic that said that, uh, I think it was 13% of black women got married every year, like 13, you know, it was like a 13%, something like that, 13, 17%. Mm -hmm. But there were more black women that were getting divorced each year than were getting married. And it was like quadruple the rate. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? So, you know... Uh, See, I think there's several factors that play with that. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is uh, generational. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a certain movement among the younger generation to not be tied down. Mm -hmm. And there's some people in the generation above them looking at that and saying, you know what, I, maybe I don't need to be tied down. And so now it's becoming a thing where um, that is kind of transitioning into other people saying, you know, you know, maybe we shouldn't just keep doing this or maybe I shouldn't just keep putting up with this. And then also, too, some of it is a lot of roles have changed. And another thing I wanted to know is did that stat include um, only heterosexual black women? Or it didn't say didn't whether see. they were heterosexual or or not. It was just a, a blanket statement right. from like 2018. So it's it's a little dated, but not much. <laughs> and it really kind of blew my mind because that had never occurred to me that there were more divorces among black women mm-hmm. than there were more marriages and that it was such a big gap between us and other races too i was like wow well i mean i can okay. i can see that i can see that i think a lot of women especially black women are claiming more of their independence and because they're doing it doing that they're no longer settling for what i got yesterday it's more of 
like the old Janet Jackson song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? <laughs> and if you can't do nothing now, then, then where are we going? Mm. And so there's some of that. There's um, some of it also was COVID. Well, not in 2018, but definitely last year. Um, a lot of people just said to hell with it because if I got to look at you every day and finally see what you are, yikes. Um, and then some people, some people are just, I think it's also a time frame too because the concept of marriage was forever, mm. um, 40, 50 years ago. And now the concept of marriage is until we just can't figure this out. <laughs> and then after that, he's like, yeah, you know, all right, I'm out. We good. Well, you know, uh, I will say this. When I got married both times, I was expecting it to last forever. I really did have that goal in mind, that mm -hmm. mentality in mind. Um, what I did not expect, mm -hmm. and this is going along with counting the cost, you know, I was raised, okay, I'm married <laughs> Two different men, you know, one when I was in my 20s, one when I was in my 30s. And they didn't come from um, families where they had a father in the household. Mm -hmm. They did not come from parents that were married. Mm -hmm. So they were getting married, but they hadn't, in a sense, seen a model of marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, I came from everybody in my family was married. I was right. like... Everybody. I didn't know anybody who wasn't married growing up. Right. You know, all of my friends in the neighborhood, they had parents who were married, two-parent households. So the idea of a single parent, I was not even introduced to that idea until my aunt got divorced and I was in seventh grade going into eighth grade. That was the first divorced person that I knew. Mm -hmm. That was the first marriage I ever saw ended. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my concept, you got married, you stayed. Mm -hmm. You got married, you, you did whatever it took. Mm -hmm. But I married two men who didn't have that background or that idea. Right. So um, we came into marriage and we hadn't talked about that because I assumed, mm -hmm. even though they didn't have that background, I assumed they still had that value. Right. And where I assume that if there was a problem, we're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. We're going to work it out. We're going to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. My first husband decided he was going to cheat. He was going to run the streets. He was going to do whatever he wanted to do. If, if I wasn't doing what he liked, he was going to physically try to put me into submission. Mm -hmm. That was not in my, how could I put it, even though I had seen my grandmother, you know, deal with an abusive man, mm -hmm. that was not something I was going to put up with. Right. That was where I drew the line. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was going to deal with, I would, de I dealt with the cheating. Right. I dealt with the cheating. Cheating was not enough to make me leave. And there's a lot of women out there to probably be like, ah, when I said <laughs> that. But for me, cheating was not enough to make me leave because to me, as much as it hurt me, as much as I was not mentally and emotionally prepared to deal with that, I didn't see it coming. I was blindsided by it. It hurt like the dickens. It was one of the most painful things I'd ever experienced to realize that I was that woman who got right. cheated on and, you know, my husband's running shit. That, that was a whole ego boost and a, a, a ego, what do you call it? Ego crusher, Crush. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
that just devastated me in a lot of ways, but it wasn't enough to make me leave because I felt like I created children with this man. Mm -hmm. I went before God and my family and said I was going to be married to this man till death do his part. That's not enough. But the physical stuff and then realizing that the likelihood of my kids becoming that kind of man, Mm -hmm. if I stayed, that was where I drew the line. I felt like I owed it not only to myself, but to them Mm -hmm. to give them a chance at a healthy, you know, relationship and not an abusive one and not to not have that as their model. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I left that relationship and then. Married a totally different type of man. Had lots of character, was never going to cheat on me. Never, you know, none of that was going to be the problem. Never going to raise his voice. Never going to be physically violent. None of that. But he also, uh, how could I put it? If, you know, he had health issues, he decided he wasn't going to deal with them. Period. Point blank. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to deal with them. You are going to have to deal with the fact that I have these health issues. I'm not going to deal with them, even though these health issues are affecting our marriage, even though they're affecting our ability to have intimacy. Um, You, even though you're in your 30s, you need to decide, you know, you got married, you're family oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when we got to be 50, 60, 70, we probably would have these issues. So it just came a little earlier. Deal with it. Hmm. I dealt with it for nine years. After that point, I was like, no, nah, I can't deal with it anymore. I'm, right. I, can't, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this now. So it never occurred to me in either of those relationships that I would meet a person mm-hmm. who would say, I'm not going to change. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. I have a temper problem. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Don't piss me off. <laughs> okay. Walk around on eggshells. Do exactly what I say. When I say, don't ask me questions. That never occurred to me. Or (laughs) I have health issues. Deal with it. It's my body. Mm -hmm. I don't have to get anything checked out. You know, I don't have to try to work on this issue. You have to deal with it. A lot of that comes back to perspective. Um, There's a... Oh, what's the story? Um, Guy... Two two sons grew up. The father was an alcoholic. The father drank all the time. One son didn't drink. One son did. They mm-hmm. asked the one son who drank, why do you drink so much? My dad was an alcoholic. They asked the other son, well, why don't you drink? Because my father was an alcoholic. So in that sense, it's all about perspective. You came in with one perspective, whereas you thought his perspective was the same but it wasn't due to the fact of whatever he chose, whatever avenue he chose to go down, that's the avenue he chose. But it wasn't in line with the way you saw it. And in order for uh, relationships to last a long time, there has to be a communion or a coming together of those ideals, and then you go forward. Those are the ones who go 40, 50 years 60 years and they just together because like with my grandparents um i think the story goes after my mom because my mom was the baby after she graduated high school my grandmother either kicked my grandfather out or my grandfather said to hell with this i'm out and 
they stayed apart for probably 30 years. Never actually got a divorce. They just, he stayed on one side of town and she stayed on the other. And then they got old and he couldn't take care of himself no more. He moved back in. And they spent their last remaining years, probably 10 or 15 together. So, and they were good with it. Like, I don't know if anybody would do that nowadays, but that's more of a, that's how things were during that time frame. So that goes back to that stat that you had, that things have changed and people have more perception of what they want to be or what they want out of a relationship or even a marriage. And some people are saying, you know what, I this ain't working. And they're getting out of it faster. And they're drawing their lines quicker than, say, the person that would say, okay, I can stay and put up with this. Some people just ain't putting up with it. And so that, like I said, it goes back to perspective. And when you're dealing with two different perspectives, you're always going to have a clash. But who's going to be willing to say, you know what, let's let's come together on this. And if nobody's willing to do that, then it's going to end eventually anyway. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So, you know, we have covered a lot of different things with this topic um, Counting the cost, paying the dues, it applies to so many different areas of life. You know, as an artist, a lot of times people have to pay their dues. They have to be willing to sometimes give away their services, sometimes give away their merch, sometimes, you know, uh, volunteer their time. Sometimes, you know, when you start on a job, sometimes you got to start off in the mailroom or you got to start off as the intern. Um, it's just part of to me, the process of becoming that expert, becoming that person who's gotten the connections that are needed, you know, um, and then when it comes to relationships, counting the cost, like, are, what are you really willing to put into this? Are you really willing to put in the time, the effort, you know, are you really willing to put in the investment, as we talked about, to lay the foundation, or are you not? Because they're are different. There's situationships for the people who don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Go have one of those. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They got all kind of new uh, things now. Yeah. So, I mean, we have so many options, but the point is you got to be honest with yourself, be honest with other people and say, hey, here's the cost I'm willing to pay. Here's the cost I'm not willing to pay, you know, and really be, you know, I remember when I first got divorced, I really had to do a whole lot of self-searching both times. Mm -hmm. But especially the second time, because I knew my kids were grown and I knew I had options. Mm -hmm. They're moving out the house. I got options. <laughs> what am I going to do? And what are going to be the costs for what I want to do? Am I going to go back to school? You know, am I going to start a business? I decided to do that. Am I going to start writing more? I decided to do that. Everything has a cost. If you want to be a writer, you got to submit. Mm -hmm. And you got to be willing for way more rejections than you mm -hmm. ever get mm -hmm. acceptances, probably 10 times as many. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to build some thick skin. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Um, no matter if you're going to be an actor, you got to go on a lot of auditions. Mm -hmm. You got to practice a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. And same thing with spoken word artists. Hours, mm -hmm. hours, hours of practice, hours of practice, practicing in your car. 
practicing in the bathtub, practicing in the closet, you know, and that's another thing people want to talk about. Why you charge so much? Because you are getting my time that I put into building this craft. You are paying for the cost that I paid to have the skill that you see. You know, it didn't come in five minutes. Mm -hmm. That could have taken years, you know, especially like paintings, the hours it takes to create paintings. You know what the the one thing all of those things have in common? Every category that we've discussed, everything that kind of goes along with costs, you know what the, the number one similarity in all of those are? What? Time. Yeah, time. That's the number one cost that you're going to have to pay in anything you do. I agree. Time. Speaking of time, you know, somebody said, oh, I don't want to start this. It's going to take me two hours. It's going to take me two years. It's going to take me five years. The five years is going to pass regardless. You know, so sometimes when people say it's going to take me, I'm like, well, what's the alternative? Because that time is going to pass regardless. But at the end of that two years or five years, if you have started and you have followed through, look where you could be. That just means you that know? they didn't have the motivation to do it in the first place. That's so true. It's- but it's, I just wanted to, since we're talking about counting the cost, I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> but we are going to wrap this up. I did want to mention um, my Zenergizer package. So I have this package. You know, Zenergize Your Life, which is a $15 personal development package. And it has different concepts, you know, like this is mine. So you can kind of see. First concept was abundance. It has a place for you to put a song, a movie, a book, an affirmation, a goal. It has a place for you to put an ancestor, somebody who actually paid the cost in that area. <laughs> they actually were successful in that area. Humble bragging. You know? <laughs> and and then a contemporary, someone who is actually paying the cost in that area now and and you know being successful. These are people that you could read about. These are people that you could, you know, kind of emulate. And then you have a picture of your own goal, kind of like a vision board. You know, so the next area was access, and then we had accountability, and then we had adapting and um, advancement, taking action. So some of them have a lot of reading. Some of them have journal prompts. Some of them have pictures that, you know, places to put pictures, uh, goals, like I said, songs, movies, all of that stuff. So this is a package that you can get. If you have a Bible study group, you have a book club, I do do discounts. Like I said, it's a $15 package, but if you do 10 or more, you can get them for 10. I also have inspirational bookmarks. You can see this nice little handy dandy package. It's 12 different little inspirational bookmarks in this package. These are magnetic, so they're not going to fall off of your page. They all have different sayings, like live the life of your dreams, you know, is one of them. Uh, Live every day with intention is another one. So, you know, these are some little inspirational bookmarks that you can get. And if you get them in bulk, you know, you can get them for half price. So instead of it being 12 for $10, you could actually get 12 for five if you were going to get 10 or more packs. So that's another thing that you could do. And you Um, don't have to get them just to put them on the book. You can get them, put them on the refrigerator. Yeah, they do stand up. You can put the magnets in different places. They do stand up. Yes. Um, I did want to mention I ran into um, 
a gentleman at the All Black event, and his name is Dr. James Ligon, and I wanted to give him a shout out on the episode tonight. He has a business called Oratrue, and um, a year ago, I actually got his bamboo toothbrush. I thought I had lost it, but this is actually the toothbrush from a year ago, and you can see the bristles still look beautiful. I mean, they still look almost brand new. But I told him that I had, I had loved his toothbrush that I got from him a year ago. And he actually gave me a new one because I told him I'd lost it. It was actually in my cabinet. I just didn't know <laughs> I had put it in there. He gave me a Black Lives Matter oh, wow. toothbrush. It says Black Lives Matter on it. It's a bamboo toothbrush. It says Black Lives Matter. I thought that was cool. So I wanted to shout him out. He actually sponsored um, this episode and uh, another episode. And you can do a sponsorship. You know, I have different sponsorship packages. They start at 15 and go up from there. So you can do an audio ad, a video ad, you know, different shout outs on social media. So there's all kind of different packages. But today we talked about counting the cost. We talked about the military. We talked about relationships. We talked about college. We talked about work. We talked about all kind of different avenues, you know, being an artist, uh, an entrepreneur. So wherever you are in life, improving your life, there's a cost. But staying the same, there's a cost too. So don't think that you are going to get away from cost. It's just a different cost, you know. So we can't, we can't get away from the cost of living. Time there is a cost of living. It's on my side. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you want to leave the, the people with as we kind of close out this episode? Any, any advice or motivational thoughts about counting the cost that you want to leave people with? Um, just get up and do the work. I mean, it, it, a lot of people make things way convol- more convoluted than they need to be. And yeah, life happens, but do the work. I mean... Commanders used to always tell us, uh, every day above ground is a good day. So it's another day to get to work. All right. I like that. Well, I definitely think that everyone can have the life of their dreams if you pay the cost. You know, somebody said it costs to be the boss. Mm. You know, I remember one of my favorite shows (laughs) growing up was Fame. And Debbie (laughs) Allen said, oh, you want to be famous? Right here is where you start paying is sweat. And she made them kids sweat on that dance floor. I mean, boy, she worked the worked the mess out them. But at the end, they had skills that they could be proud of. So to me, it's worth it when you're proud of the accomplishments that you have, when you can look around and you can say, look at my legacy. Look at my children, look at my relationships, look at my business, look at my degrees, you know, look at, look at what I've accomplished, look at the connections that I've made, look at what I've done in the community. I paid the cost and here's my fruit. You got to put it in a sweat equity. Yeah, sweat equity. I like that. So I encourage you, whatever you're doing out there, continue to do it and May you walk in Zenergy. Have a great night. Thank you. My name is Zenashe, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy. 
which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you.